In an age where information is literally at our fingertips, are we wise? Is wisdom simply knowledge? Wisdom is really much more. Wisdom is knowing how to act in light of information. Wise men from Persia acted wisely. How about you? Good morning and welcome to God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. And that resistance is not just a defensive posture, but it is rather taking things by the job. The resistance is a forward offense against the things that would try to threaten our soul. And we need to do that if we are going to abide in Christ. If we are going to make it to the heavenly city, we've got to abide in him. And around this Christmas season, especially, uh, things are put together in such a way in our culture that distracts us from what is most important. And so Christmas time, Christ gets buried so often uh, during Christmas. And really, when you think about it, the way that our culture is just wrapped up in consumerism, there's always something next to distract us from what really matters. But today, we're going to be talking about the issue of seeking on this last day of Advent before Christmas. And we're going to be looking in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. It says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. So the question is, will we seek? Will we as an individual seek God? We're in a culture where now the attention span is incredibly short. I'd like to say that uh, myself as a person, I, I'm better you know, at, at falling victim to the short attention span, but I think that the pressure of the culture almost makes it hard for any of us to totally escape it. We have to be extremely intentional uh, to put our mind to something, to focus in on something when there's always changes popping around us all the time. And I mean, we think about it in, in our uh, social media age, you know, now <clears throat> it used to be that you could go on YouTube and it still is this way, but you could go on YouTube and you could watch some kind of long form content that would be instructive, informative, something that had some substance to it. And now they're pushing these uh, YouTube shorts, which can't be any longer than 60 seconds better if it's more like 15. And, you know, in, in 15 seconds, like how much substance are you going to get? But it's like the dopamine hit every time you scroll past it, you know, you just feel satisfied that you somehow consume something. So in, a, in a, a culture where our attention span is extremely short, will we still seek? Will we keep at the job? Will we do it for the long haul? A lot of times the thought is, well, there's too much effort required, you know, to do something like that. You know, I can't even hold a job down for a month, let alone try and do some other things that really, uh, you know, would be something I have to do the rest of my life. Um, can't someone just do it for me? That's kind of the, I guess that's kind of like the heart that people have right now. I, it's just too much effort required. I don't want to do anything. Can't somebody just do it for me? The thing is, people can do a whole lot of things for you in, in a certain regard, but then you're enslaved to them. Because now you have put all your responsibilities and powers into other people's hands. Now they control you instead of you taking charge of your own life. And in this case, of your soul. So will you seek is the question. We're looking here at this account. <clears throat> I know it was just a few verses, but 
Speaking about the wise men, and of course, around this Christmas time, we think about the wise men. Who were these wise men? They were men that were likely from Persia. Uh, the original word is magi, which can have somewhat of a negative connotation to it, though it's not necessarily so in what we're looking at here. But these magi, these wise men, they were of a priestly class in Persia. So they were much like the Levites of the Old Testament. They, they had that kind of an importance to the Persian system. Uh, they were very smart people. They were learned men, and they were interpreters of signs, wonders, and especially as it relates to the stars, to the heavens. This was their specialty. They would have had access to many different types of writing. Persia had an extremely large library. They would conquer over different empires and people groups and then just take literature and writings from them and amass it into one large library. The Persians took over the Babylonian Empire, which before was the world empire, and that Babylonian Empire had spoiled all of the Jews, their, their goods from the temple and their city, Jerusalem. They spoiled it all before the Babylonians did and had a lot of, no doubt, writings from the Jews as they ransacked the temple, they would have had some of these writings in their possession, the Babylonians, that is. But then Cyrus, the uh, Medo-Persian, took over Babylon, and it is likely that Daniel uh, told Cyrus, king of Persia, about the God of heaven and the prophecies that Isaiah had prophesied concerning Cyrus, that he would allow the Jews to rebuild their temple and city. And so with that, not only would Cyrus be familiar with Isaiah the prophet, but other Old Testament scripture um, scrolls and writings, he would have had that to his availability. And then, uh, of course, these wise men or these magi, as they had access to the same thing. So these guys were not ignorant men, but they were extremely intelligent men. And as I said in the beginning, wisdom isn't just having the smarts up in my head, but it's having the knowledge in my head and knowing how to effectively use it. What are my actions now in light of this knowledge that I have now acquired? They were very close to the king, so they had a very high rank in society, very high-profile people, and they were not a biased people when it came to truth, it appears, from what we've read. They were truth seekers. They could have just said, well, we're, we are Persians, and we have our own set of beliefs. We have our own set of gods, um, you know, our way of life. Uh, I don't need any of this other having to do with the Jewish God. Um, they, But however, they were people that were seekers after truth. They weren't biased. And they traveled 1,000 miles because of the things that they discovered. And they asked the question, these wise men, where is he? They're asking this to Herod, uh, the king there in a certain uh, area in Jerusalem, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? So these wise men, they correctly read and studied the prophecies to find that that time had come. The king of the Jews was born. But then the question would come up, why would a Jewish king matter to these Persian wise men, to these Persian magi? Why do they care about a Jewish king? The Jewish writings bore out that this king, this Messiah, he was king of not only the Jews, but so much more. So here are these Gentiles with an unbiased look into the sacred Jewish writings. They read it for what it was and said, there is a king coming and he's going to be so much more than just a king of the Jews. They started to feel like and, and realize that this was king of all creation. 
There was something universal about this man that we need to go worship him. So Herod was nervous in hearing all this and the buzz about these prophecies, having, uh, you know, being right at the time where these should be coming to pass. Herod was nervous that a man would rise up and usurp his power. And naturally, uh, the Jewish mindset was that there was going to be a political revolutionary Messiah come up and free them from the Roman army. So you can imagine Herod, um, who was a Jew in some sense, um, but kind of mixed up with the Roman Empire uh, outlook of things. He, he was kind of an amalgamation uh, of different things there. At any rate, he would have known enough, and he was nervous that this Messiah was going to usurp his power. And you know, the ironic thing is Christ will uh, usurp his power and did and so much more. And speaking about that in the future as well. But it's funny that Herod, he looked at this Messiah, this, this child being born, and he was actually looking for a grown man at first, it appears. But it's funny that Herod looked at Jesus as a threat when he should have been the one that was welcoming this Messiah, this Jesus. The Magi, however, looked towards Herod's Jewish king as a savior and as an ultimate king. Very ironic that the one who should have known and been seeking was the very one that rejected. And that's still the same in this day right now. The people that know better and should be seeking after God are the ones that oftentimes push him farthest away. And then the ones that you would least expect are the ones that are seeking. And Jesus had parables where he talked about that phenomenon just the same. He said, the publicans and the, and the harlots, they'll come into the kingdom before you. Um, so they knew that this one who was to be born that was prophesied about, that they had read about, was king of all, not just the Jews. So then it says, we, they said to Herod, we saw his star when rising in the east. And uh, so what is the star? Uh, some people have said that this could be referring to Balaam's prophecy in Numbers 24, 17, where Balaam said, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Sheth. So it is very likely that this was something of a prophecy connected with these wise men who had studied the Jewish scriptures. They said, we saw your star, the star that we've read about, the prophecy. We saw your star rising in the east and we've come to worship him. It's his star. So they have come to worship him. That's their express intent in traveling all those 1,000 miles to Jerusalem. They traveled all that way just to worship this Jewish king. And why? Their gifts may give a clue. In Matthew 2, 11, it says, when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary's mother and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. So when we think about gold, gold is oftentimes the symbol of a king. And this was a very... Uh, this is what it would have been like with Eastern customs to somebody that they realized as very important. They would have given them these gifts. But gold as a king, frankincense to symbolize that he was deity because the, you, you burn incense to your God. And myrrh was used at that time for embalming the dead, uh, foreshadowing Christ's death and sacrifice. And it was myrrh mingled with wine uh, that was offered to Jesus while he's on the cross to numb his pain. So here they give gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, prophet, priest, and king, it seems, that they realized who this Jesus, who this child, this king was going to be. And the thing was, all people would worship this king. They realized that. 
Now, the Gent- these Magi were Gentiles. And if you look at Isaiah 60, verse 3, it says, The Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. And here we find these very important guys coming to see this child in the manger. We see also that he was um, he was heralded to the shepherds. Simon, or Simeon, excuse me, uh, an old man was told he was going to see the Lord's Christ before he died. Anna the prophetess, she saw the Lord's Christ as well. All classes uh, were supposed to benefit from this king, both the high, and we see that in these wise men, they were rich and mighty men, and then the lowly, and we see that in the shepherds, and we see that all throughout the gospel. But we're told that every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. And, you know, in this Christmas time, the message is, your light has come, will you seek? In Isaiah 60, verses one through six, uh, it says, Arise, shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Lift up thine eyes round about, and see all they gather themselves together. They come to thee. Thy son shall come from afar, and thy daughter shall be nursed at thy side. Then shalt thou see, excuse me, and flow together, and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged, because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. The forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. The multitude of camels shall cover thee. The dromedaries of Midian and Ephah, all they from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense, and they shall shew forth the praises of the Lord. So the star still shines today. Our whole calendar is constructed around the birth of Christ, and it's internationally recognized for trade and commerce. The star still shines even when we try and snuff them out of society. It shines to all people. Have you ever seen this star, listener? And are you come to worship him? You may ask, well, how do I worship this God? Well, he is a transcendent being, so it seems like he's so far above me, how can I even worship him? When you know him as a father, all that is his is yours. You worship him as a deliverer because he has died for your sins if you repent and believe on the name of the Lord Jesus. You worship him because he's revelation and light in the midst of darkness. And you adore him as a thankful child. Just thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my life. And then you surrender your life to him for his kingdom and for his cause. Now, dear listener, are you seeking? Are you going to be like those wise men that get knowledge and then put it into practice? Or will you get knowledge and leave it there? Join the resistance, God's resistance. Your next step is to call 570-362-7782 and visit godsresistance.com. You can text that number that I gave there as well. We are meeting in home on Sunday morning. And as long as the weather permits, we're out in the Wilkes-Barre Public Square Sundays at 4 p.m. and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. And we hope to see you there.